you are listening to the gentle project podcast all about kindness and i am your host irene kartik my guest for today is claudia gotzelman who joins me from germany claudia is a global being that's how she calls herself she uh, has worked and lived in multiple countries she's an excellent photographer and a visual artist uh, she's also trained as an uh, end of life doula and she's also the founder of uh, permission to bloom uh, coaching uh, which helps uh, women with midlife transitions uh, let's get uh, talking to claudia good morning claudia good morning Welcome to the Gentle Project podcast. So wonderful to have you with us. I'm equally excited. I'm curious what is going to unfold. Yes, even I'm curious and I'm sure it's going to be something beautiful. So how are you today this Monday morning? I'm good. Um another week. I can't believe it. It feels like a little bit of a time warp lately. Suddenly it's Monday again. the time is going very fast i know i think uh, we've been living like it's it's been a clockwork you know each week of the pandemic almost looks similar um, mm-hmm. but of course all of us have our own schedules so with that said i would like to you know start with a very different question uh, than the regular introduce yourself what was if you had to describe uh, 2020 in a single word what what was that word for you wow um keep growing i i was growing in a speed or in a way i probably if my life would have gone taken the usual routes and ways as it was set up i probably wouldn't um I think there's I think we all know that there's silver lining and I am I totally grateful for that silver lining. That that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, I mean you you mentioned a very beautiful point. While uh, all of us have looked at 2020 to be quite depressing, dark, but all of us I think a lot of people that I've spoken to have had that silver lining in their own ways. So, yeah. Um you know it's a choice. I think or maybe at this point maybe it's not even a choice. I think the universe is is um nothing as and be like, "Come on. You need to look inside and um the way you live maybe you you need to change something or you need to you know there's some growing to do attending to your garden that that's a beautiful metaphor <laughs> so well you know it's 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 related about my my coaching practice permission to bloom um there's a lot of um garden metaphors i'm using <laughs> <laughs> yes we are going to talk about all of that uh so i mean uh, what was the hardest part of the pandemic if you had to speak what was challenging about it 
It was about me. Um, so I'm just going to tell a little story. Last March was my dad's birthday and I came from LA where I usually live. And, you know, I'm right now in Germany. And I came for one week because I wanted to be there for his birthday. And then the pandemic happened. So I had clothes for one week. I was literally one week. I'm in and out. And then I stayed for two months. And, you know, because nobody knew what was going to happen. And how could I have gone back to the U.S. and not be there for my parents and, you know, to support them because they're in higher age. But I basically moved into my old room, the room I grew up in. And I got to real life, I got triggered so badly into my 15 to 17 year old self. And I had to come to terms with this. And I really, I think this was for me the biggest challenge to really work and see certain things and make peace. And also then, because you know, when you come back to your parents, we all know that you turn a little girl or a little boy again even if you don't want to, or they don't want to, somehow there's something is happening. And then I was in my room. So I turned literally into the 17 year old self of my, yeah, again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, uh, it, it can be, a, I, I see, uh, you know, it's a contradiction in, in many ways. One is that, when we are in that age, a lot of us have our own, you know, baggage that we look back to and coming back as an adult, you know, there's that bridge that we need to cross, you know, kind mm -hmm. of reconciliation. So I'm sure it would have been, uh, you know, wonderful to be with or stay with parents during this time. And they would be really grateful for having you there. <laughs> yeah i think it was we both were not prepared that i suddenly was there you know nobody had planned it so the universe but we didn't and they, they were ready for me after a week i'm going and i was ready to go week, <laughs> and then it was so it seemed endless but then in the hindsight you know we found our way and i, I really am grateful that i got to look at certain things and it's also an enormous gift that we had to you spend this got to spend this quality time together because otherwise we wouldn't. So it's um, it was pretty even still is actually fascinating. Lovely. So now we get to the question of share a little bit about yourself. You know uh, what you have been up to, and uh, then I have some questions around your beautiful photography mm. and all that you're doing currently well so um german but i'm totally global i've lived and worked in four continents um it's been a long time that i actually spent um, time in germany like this i'm a photographer i work in advertising and fashion for many years and just taking me around the globe and then four years ago, I, I had um, a big uh, burn down and phoenix rising moment and sort of I died and rebirthed myself. That's how I would like to refer to this. And I, I realized that I'm so much more than in a friend than just a photographer, that I have gifts. And then what I've learned in this burn down, um, I started a coaching practice and it's called Permission to Bloom. Wonderful. 
I mean, uh, you have traveled a lot. Photography, it is all about, you know, the narratives and storytelling that you kind of bring to life through uh, the art. So did you have any memorable experiences? What was your, you know, if I have, if you have a lens and if you were to focus it on photography as an art, what was, what did it kind of uh, show to you or, you know, what were your experiences and learning of being a photographer? Um, I love people. I think if you're a photographer, you really have to be a people person because there's, you know, there's not really a routine. I go on set today and then I go on set next week or tomorrow. And then there's a whole nother group of people I have to engage with or want to engage with. And it's a, it's a creative process. So we have to connect. Um, and yeah, I, I think that the, the vulnerability aspect of this, of stepping, meeting, stepping into a room, meeting new people and connecting with them trusting that we all here to create something beautiful and then really make this happen. Um, to be, to take away your own ego and see also others that, you know, whatever they react that we here really to create. And, you know, let's for instance, of often a client, it's like a one, one, one moment, right? They trust me, I put the team together and then I'm responsible. And, you know, we're here to, to execute these images. So it's this truly collaboration between people I don't even often know. So it's very fascinating. I think you learn a lot about um, the psyche of people, egos, moods and get to look at them without by almost not, not reacting interesting you touched upon so many points you know vulnerability letting yourself go collaboration and basically connecting with people i think uh, some of the best photographs or the stories that uh, uh, people create is when there's that inherent connection with people and and it kind of reflects in the photograph and I, I have got the chance to look at some of your photographs. If I am pronouncing it right, Sunday, is it uh, the, the old woman whom you photographed? Uh, there's this uh, lady who's sitting and, you know, the different shades of uh, an elderly lady uh, and you kind of captured that, that, that photographs, you know, under that particular collection, it's so beautiful. It was almost, you know, saying, that we have a life they have a life in our society generally we say that okay once you're old the certain things that you need to kind of stick to but those photographs that you shared were really beautiful oh i'm so happy you're pointing this out because this is you know i, I sort of became like became my baby project and i'm so advocating for that you know, women, there's, you know, the way we still live, it's still, so women are still put into this, this, these boxes and after a certain, there's ageism, let's just call it that way, right? It's still prevalent. And we now, this current generation, we're not gray anymore. We're not in a dressed brown. We're not going away. We're amazing. So I um, started this project for um, 
now with the pandemic, it's not happening, but I was photographing every month. I found an amazing woman. It was usually word to mouth. Somebody else would recommend somebody. And um, sometimes it was became more of a fashion shoot, even involved a, a stylist, or sometimes it was just the woman, the woman itself. She was just so fabulous. And we would just spend this time together. And I just wanted to show that there's so much fun and funk and life, you know, after to do to all of us, to women and that that they're out there. But I feel like they needed to have maybe a platform. And I so I yeah. It's a very close project to my heart. (laughs) I mean, it is absolutely, I I just loved, uh, and you spoke about, right, I mean, women, we, women somehow kind of are not very uh, confident and we easily box ourselves or restrict ourselves. So, you know, you, I have seen your work, the little work that you have put up uh, on your site and right now you're also uh, moving into the inner lens where you know you're helping people bloom so why is it that even as a woman you know how did you kind of uh, cross those limitations or boundaries in your own work and your own life in making some of the choices that you made what is your advice for women the advice for others to dare and just do because you know I feel like it's this one short life life is so precious right and we we get swapped away I mean we all do and suddenly we arrive at midlife and then there's this 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 knot in our belly or in our bones or in our being and we don't often don't know what it is and but and and because we don't have the language or we don't have the tools. But I think, you know, it's just so essential. And whatever your dreams are, just go for it because there's nothing to lose. There's only to gain. Even if this dream is not exactly going to work out the way you envision it or this idea, something else will come from this. And if nothing else, it's going to be this amazing learning experience. Absolutely. I mean, we need to be open to new experiences. So, and you are at in in many ways at a transitory phase of your own career. You you are you kind of also uh, moving to coaching, and you've also done a course on end of life uh, mm-hmm. uh, practice. So, what motivated this particular change? Well, you know, when I when I had this crisis and I burned down, and I I felt. I was literally this old part of me was dying. I got really interested in the subject of death. And again, the society doesn't really allow this conversation around death. It's there's a stigma there. It's it's almost a forbidden conversation. Still, people are, you know, it's it's not it's it's dark, it's it's heavy, it's like shushed away, it's something we don't ooh, we deal later. And but to me because of this rebirth, um, I felt that with why I talk about death, I also need to talk about life and love. And the way in my experience, because I burned down and I died, it also showed me how much I actually cared, how much I loved that person who I lost, right? It was a, a death, that person. When a person leaves your life, it's a whole nother, it's a, like physically 
or even in the end of a relationship, it's a different form of death, but it's a, it's a death you experience. And, and so I became really, very really fascinated about it. And I was like, oh, you know, synchronicities happen in life. And suddenly there was this education, this program in front of me. And I was like, I'm going to do it. So I became a certified end of life doula. I mean, that's a really a wonderful choice as well as a difficult choice. I mean, you know, not all of us can actually have that tenacity or courage to uh, pursue something like this. So what was the experience when, when you went through the, you know, education program? What were some of the key things that came out? It was, um, it was very humbling and very intimidating because again, I mean, I haven't really, you know, I've engaged with some deaths, but not on that level. And, but it was also the most incredible heart opening experience and it felt so intimate um to 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 talk about this with my fellow um classmates and go through our practices practices and discuss and share from a very deep personal level and and, and learn about the current systems around the world, maybe, you know, more in the US because I did this education in the US, what it means to really be at the end of life and, and how the passing often these days happens, what the standards are and how we need to bring back best into the families and the community and just in general, the faculty and the, the, the integrity of it. That's very interesting. I mean, if if you look historically, uh, you know, in back in history, that was almost communal feeling. You know, the community coming together, and uh, some of the rites that you know, some of the tribes, uh, people that uh, some of the practices uh, people follow. It is all about celebrating somebody's life and kind of making it easy. But yeah, I can see what you're saying right now. When when we talk about death in our current uh, spaces, it's almost terrifying. Yeah, you know the bridge is still missing. So so that's that's really very interesting. What what you are doing, and yeah, I, I really feel that death is actually a communal event, and when we come together to to, to hold that person who form, goes from form to formless, we share the pain, we share the grief. And that brings us together. That forms a deeper um, community again. And that's another thing which we're lacking right now. And it's so in our face, right? Because of the pandemic, because everything else is stripped away. And what is really essential, this word essential, essentialism became such a buzzword. But what is it? It is deep connection, relationship, and community. And we often don't have that anymore. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, it it is definitely uh, you know there's been a shift as we progressed into a more technologically and advanced world. Uh, the dislocation of community also somewhere uh, you know has happened, and uh, so, so that also brings me to the question of your coaching. You know, so what is permission to bloom coaching, and what you are trying to 
help people with? Um, I am working with women in midlife because I feel like I can only share my own experience, what I learned, that I learned a lot. And I don't necessarily want people to go down, women to go down, have to burn down just as badly as I did. So, um, and I want to, I'm using, it's not, um, yeah, so when I, after, after, I should um, backtrack. After I finished the end of life doula training, I was like, hmm, this is amazing, but I'm not ready to really be with people on the bedside and, and work literally on the end, at the end of life. But there's so many incredible tools I gained and I'm bringing these tools now into the here and now into our life and when I work with women I'm applying these tools that's great I mean it is all about the here and now but very often you know we exist between somewhere between the past and the future <laughs> never between never focusing on now so you know what are some of your uh, you know tips or advice on how people can actually inculcate this sense of presence in the lives? Well, the more we know about ourselves, the more we know how we tick, the more we know our, you know, about what our true authentic self really is. I think the more we can tap into that here and now. So you probably wonder like, well, how do we find out what's, what am I picking? You know, I'm on a career path. I have three kids. I, I have a husband. I have a mortgage. <laughs> There's not much space for my authentic self. But, you know, I think it's, it is. It's a really, really powerful inquiry. Because when you think about the life really is so short. And when, and, you know, a lot of the people, and this is more, more than we think in these days, at the end of life, people say, I wished I wish I would have lived more. I wish I would have traveled more. I wish I would have risked more. I wish I would have just not saved that money, but done something for myself. I wish I would have mended my relationships. And, you know, then it is too late. But if we bring it right now into this, we can change this. And it's just, it doesn't, and I'm not saying, it's just quit the job, abandon everything and, you know, become like this whole other person. No, it's just little things, really carving out the time for ourselves, for who, you know. So if we are grounding within, if we true to ourselves, we can, we become better partners, better wives, better husbands, better mothers, fathers, you know, employees, all of that, right? Because we just stand our ground and, and it's in ground as in, in solid, in centered, in love and compassion, in, in in you know setting healthy boundaries, and I think that is sort of you know that's the work we need to do. That that's so true. I mean, a lot of times uh, we are so busy in all other priorities uh, when it comes to ourselves and helping ourselves grow. Uh, especially women uh, they yeah. think that okay children and husband and house you know you really don't have time but it is very important uh, for them to do that so yeah maybe I just want to say one thing you know it's it's just this um, very simple 
example, but we, you know, you, we're all, we, we have this gym plan, let's say, or we go to yoga and we get the special outfit. <laughs> we pack the bag, we mark the calendar. But are we actually taking time for ourselves? You know, you wake up in the morning and we rush and, you know, but even if it's just five minutes, I think, you know, to start the day in a grounding, grounding within or make a date on your calendar with yourself. And we're like, this is my hour, sorry, you know, and it's just as important as everything else on that calendar to hold ourselves you know, responsible and show up really to ourselves. And I think it really will have an impact on our, on our lives. Showing up for ourselves, that, that, that is very important. And uh, so how, how important it is for people in general to focus on the inner lens? Mm, I think theoretically, it's very important, but then the practicality, I think there's a lot of fear and shame because I'm generalizing, but you know, if you're sort of on this track of your life and you never really engage or you ignore the voices, then how do you, how do you know who you are? And but it's, you know, breaking, breaking it down helps. It's just, we have to really, we start, you start small and you learn more. And then it's realizing that there's, it's not just a black hole. It's just, it's, a, it's something filled with amazing gifts and lightness, right? Who we are. And we just need to maybe polish that lens a bit so it can shine. Absolutely. I mean, yes, a lot of people think that it is a black hole and, you know, kind of they focus on the outer lens, mm -hmm. job, career, you know, the other things that you have to take mark. Uh, so it's, it's yeah. about shining the lens. <laughs> you know, it's the, it's the numbness, right? I've, I've really thought about this word a lot recently because I think we're numbing. We have, we have become masters numbing. And escapists, we are, we are escapist artists. It's incredible the skills we can develop. <laughs> you know, to to wow, just to not go there where we really actually need to go. And then the voices become louder and louder until maybe then it becomes it's almost too late. And then it becomes a volcanic explosion. So again, this is I feel like where the work needs to be done so we can avoid the eruption. Absolutely. And mental health, for that matter, it is mm. it is talked about so much. Um, and this, you know, habit of working on the inner self is so important. And I think it should be a practice, uh, almost as an education in schools, which is, you know, still, I, I feel uh, that's kind of missing while of course meditation yoga and there are schools that adapt that with this core tenet of looking inwards instead of trying to what you what do you want to become when you you know grow up that uh, question might need to be kind of revisited you're right yeah maybe it's like how do you want to go about your life and what that really means instead of like i'm gonna be a professor in a university or a banker or an astronaut but yeah. uh, it's true 
but where do we start right where how do we how do we break this down because if we even in this conversation i'm sure it sounds oh my god um what do i do do i have to become a master yogi a master meditator i'm like no you know just even simple things and that offers again the pandemic offers this almost to us you know going into nature just really being with nature hugging a tree it's okay to hug a tree and see what happens, how it feels, just to connect back down to our roots, to this energy, you know, to the earth energy, because it holds us, right? There is already, we're, we're not flying away. So we're now connecting deeper. Or, I mean, yesterday I was thinking, fascinating, because even every electric circuit has like three poles. It's there's one which needs to ground, otherwise the whole circuit is going to blow up. So I think we need to think about it exactly that way. We need the ground. I mean, absolutely. Uh, nature can really, you know, work wonders. And I've always uh, been a lover of trees. And But, you know, that's a good thing that you shared. I never thought that, okay, I should go out and hug trees. I'm going to try that. <laughs> You know, it's funny. Um, when I stayed at my parents, I, I went on this walk every day and I befriended some trees. And it, now I can't even walk by. I feel like they must be sad if I don't say hello to them. <laughs> no, it sounds so funny, but it's just I really found a, I formed a relationship with them. You know, I just say hi and they now they were in winter and they had shed their leaves and they were so beautiful in, in the springtime. And but why not? It, there, there are also our companions, right? And when you think of what they went through, all the hardships of the weather and the rain and the cold and everything, and here they are standing solidly and nothing can shake them. So I think they're, they could be a good inspiration for us. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it's always, you get so much of perspective uh, when, when you look at nature and, you know, the changes that they go through and their resilience is uh, absolutely wonderful. So, I mean, uh, there's so many things that I want to ask, but knowing that, you know, we, we can just go on talking about different things, uh, you know, I'll, I'll again uh, pull by myself back into the topic of kindness. Uh, you know, kindness, uh, I, I was thinking, uh, especially when, when photography, a lot of uh, the narratives, the visual narratives come to life to photographs. And I think some of the greatest photographs that have been shared where, you know, you feel that compassion and you feel that urge that, okay, I need to go and help somebody. It is because the photographs, you know, kind of uh, share a story. So how can yeah. kindness play a role you know does kindness play a role in landscaping our inner minds and in ourselves oh yeah i think we we need to what's the word should i should i say nurture produce it um facilitate work on it express you know all of all of it more um tap into what kindness really means and think it's a, a beautiful opportunity actually right now as we are going through the pandemic where we see others have maybe a hardship 
or even on the street we see older people and you know struggling with the mask or you know with our neighbor we could just reach out we've never thought of like connecting we don't we live in a place and we never actually had the idea of knowing our neighbors and that act of kindness could be life-saving so i think it's we we totally this is incredible that we get this opportunity to really show up to our humanity right now step into this vulnerable space and say yeah i'm gonna knock on that door and i have a little bit of extra Hi, and I'm just gonna, you know, if he or she wants it. And wow, what a magic could happen unfold from that. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, kindness, I think it is, of course, the external part of it, you know, kind of community and people. There's the internal part of it also, being kind to ourselves. That is also so important. Mm -hmm. oh yeah i think that's another very good point you're making we really also think we need to be much more kind to ourselves we're so hard and sadly i think you know living by some of the social media maybe um norms these days even come hard on ourselves because we think that that other person has you know the best life and we don't have it but no you know we're we're just perfect which is enough as we are and we hold ourselves in love and kindness i think we find some inner peace absolutely so so what are your plans right now like i know pandemic is going on so what you know how do you kind of uh, did are you still kind of uh, finding time to go and shoot and take photographs how is it going well photography right now is deemed non-essential because you know in, in it's it's a very social job and there's a lot of people and um in la all the studios are shut down and then advertising my you know where i work in it's basically doesn't really exist around the world because all the shops are closed nobody's really ready to, to be advertising actually so no, um, but it will come back and, um, but I'm, you know, very engaged and working on permission to bloom. And I really, um, I, the, every year in the beginning of the year, I, I choose a word, sort of um, a, a, something which guides me through the year. And this year one has become community and I really want permission to bloom. I want to want to create a, a community around this and build it and um, on online and offline and um, via Zoom. And so I'm, I'm really working on working on making that happen. That, that's lovely. I really wish you loads of luck. Uh, and I'm sure the community as well as Permission to Bloom will definitely, I mean, knowing that having spoken to you and what you bring uh, will help a lot of women and actually women uh, like, like me and many others, they, they will need, you know, kind of partners in their own process of uh, growing and transforming. Yeah. I feel like also, you know, the permission. So I think we need to, I truly believe that we need to give ourselves that permission to bloom 
And once we we are, then a lot of space and magic opens up to you know what what's possible. And then in the community, I think women and men as well, but I think it's beautiful to come together a, as a group and share and realize that we're actually not alone with these struggles we go through. Because I think being in midlife as a as a woman, it's its own challenges. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Lovely. So uh, share, uh, if you could, you know, suggest this is a standard question that I ask of all my guests, any two books or movies that influenced you and that people should actually, you know, make time to read or watch. Whoa, um, I was thinking about that. So there's a lot of books. Um, one would be Esther Burrell, uh, Mating in Captivity. It's just a very powerful book. And it's exactly for that midlife where we look at our relationship, our romantic relationship again, and um, maybe learn about what our needs are because we've changed so much or our relationship has changed so much or it has run its course and how we can revitalize it. It doesn't you know, need to be an end. It's just maybe a new beginning. So um, that's one. And then um, another book, uh, <laughs> um, maybe one to, for a practical book for, for like how to, how to start, how to, it's uh, James Clear, Atomic Habits. And I love this book because he really, really breaks it down about how we can um, start new habits in a successful way and how we can let go of old um, habits. And it's called, you know, atomic habits. So it's already the word says it, you know, we start small. So for instance, when you want to, let's say, start meditating and instead of becoming this this overwhelming task of like 25, 20, 25 minutes, you start with one minute. And it's the same if you want to start running, you instead of running half a marathon, you know, you maybe you just run around the block or even you start walking around the block. So it's a very inspiring book and he has this amazing newsletter um, you can subscribe to and it's just great inspiration. That's wonderful. I mean, I have I've read Atomic Habits, uh, and uh, it is absolutely a wonderful book. Oh, I haven't subscribed to the newsletter. I will, you know, look at that. And Esther Perel, I mean, she she's she talks about relationships and understanding ourselves, and so much of clarity. And she she's I she's one of my favorite uh, authors. Yeah, she's incredible. Yeah. So that brings me to the last question, which is, what is your one advice to make the world a better place? Step into our vulnerability. Do, do not be afraid to fail. Do not be afraid that somebody might touch me. Do not just no, you know, forget shame, just to really just be open and, and express the way sometimes it needs to be expressed because I think vulnerability is the connector to intimacy. And the more we 
and we need it again so much right now. We need to connect. We need we need these deep meaning. We're yearning so badly for these relationships, and I think vulnerability, even if it feels you know uncomfortable at one at first, but it's I think that that's it. Absolutely, I mean that is so much important in in each and every context in relation to ourselves to the community mm -hmm. to the world that's a powerful piece of advice um so anything else that you would want to share you know any anything that i might not have asked but you would want to share well i can add to the vulnerability maybe that you know it's about allowing to be seen and we want to be seen i think it's our when we're seen by somebody else, this is the biggest gift. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to that. When we are in a relationship where we're seen and then meaning we're accepted for who we are, that again, it's very, and that happens when we're giving ourselves the permission to be seen, when we're allowing ourselves to step into that space out out of the status quo out of our usual habits or behavior patterns and we're like i'm gonna be different i'm gonna show up for myself today and even so it feels so like i'm breaking i'm walking on a thin layer of ice on this lake and i'm gonna crash in but and then realizing oh it helped me absolutely i mean uh, on that note i think thank you so much and for the listeners we need to give ourselves permission to bloom i think that that's what the whole conversation is about and uh, i will be putting out uh, ways to reach claudia and uh, anything uh, i mean i will add your instagram and your mm -hmm. website so that listeners who are who want to reach out can definitely get in touch with you so, oh, thank you thank you so much for taking time out and it's lovely speaking to you as always my pleasure thank you for having me thank you i hope you enjoyed the conversation with claudia as much as i did and as always i i, I think i have one major takeaway from our conversation today which is giving ourselves permission to bloom despite uh, the heartbreaks the tr struggles in life it's very important to make time to look inwards and uh, reflect and find what works for us apart from that i had one small favor to ask to anybody and everybody who's listening next week is the random acts of kindness week and in the random acts of kindness week which is celebrated across all over the world uh, i would encourage you to carry out one small act of kindness in your vicinity in your family in your community and it may be as simple as buying coffee for somebody or uh, picking up the garbage for somebody or uh, helping your neighbor you can be calling a friend and checking on somebody so just find what what works for you 
and uh, let let us know you could write into us at uh, thegenderproject.kindness@gmail.com so until next week stay safe and stay kind please to share and subscribe to the podcast if you have a story to share please do write in to me at thegentleproject.kindness@gmail.com or you could visit thegentleproject.io which is our website and uh, leave a note for us if you want to be a part of this uh, small initiative please feel free to write in to me at thegentleproject.kindness@gmail.com it would be lovely to have more people join on this wonderful uh, journey and please do uh, share your feedback and share with us if there are any guests that you would want to uh, listen to on the show and uh, so until next time stay safe and stay kind